The Viridian Nutrition range of 200 plus award-winning products includes vitamins, minerals, herbs, nutritional oils, specialty supplements, tinctures and balms. All formulated to be helpful, efficacious and pure. By choosing our Viridian Nutrition range, you are one step closer to your goal of 100% wellness. Ethical vitamins with an organic heart. Available at all Browns outlets. Browns and you. There are billions of women passing through similar experiences all around the world and for whatever reason, we often feel like we're alone. It's time to make a point of discussing these topics from a range of viewpoints. These conversations surpass age, race, location. They are relevant to women everywhere. Welcome to The She Word. Conversations that women rarely have, but really should. This episode is about young women with a voice, and joining me are three well-known young women who all touch upon different topics, which do not necessarily relate to each other, but they all have one thing in common. They are powerhouses when it comes to using their voices, speaking out, and fighting for what they believe in. At some point or another, I was inspired by all three of you, again, all for very different reasons, which is why it all happened so naturally to me to invite you on this show and it being the first one of the season. So with us today, we have Eve Borge Bonello, Malta's first female member of parliament at just 18 years of age, and possibly as well the youngest MP in the world, unconfirmed. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming. Sarah Grek, who is a self-made social media content creator, outspoken activist, and honestly, just an incredibly opinionated woman um, who is simply not afraid of saying things as she sees them. Welcome to the show. Thank you, and I'm super grateful to be here. Thank you. And finally, Fran Falzon, Malta's own San Francisco Tartas, if I may. <laughs> super dedicated animal activist, specifically focused on stray cats, all while living with cystic fibrosis and even raising awareness about it. Yep, that's me. <laughs> Ladies, a massive welcome to all of you on the show and thank you for accepting the invitation to be here. Thank Thanks you. Us. <laughs> so, now after I've just briefly introduced all of you, I'd like you to take a moment to introduce yourselves, give me a bit of a backstory as how you got to where you are today as women. So, Sarah, you want to start us off? Sure, I'll start off. So... I'm a content creator, that's how m most people know me as, but apart from that, I also love to write, but I don't share my writing yet. So, uh, yes, aspiring author, I guess, even though I'm a dropout from school. That's so also <laughs> Exactly, so what? I love animals, and I am very overly sensitive, as many people like to call me about animals, but I, uh, I want to fight for the... I want to fight for animals because they don't have a voice, yeah. so someone should have a voice for yeah. them. Really? And apart from that, I am uh, very opinionated about a lot of topics, and I'm not scared to say something if people might not agree with me, because we all had different experiences, went to different schools, we had different upbringings, we were around different people, so obviously we're not going to have the same thoughts or beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I want to share that to people. Like, you don't... You don't need to believe what I believe in order to respect me. Mm -hmm, exactly. So you can have your different opinion, I can have mine. As so let's say that I am a kind of free spirit type of situation. Yeah. <laughs> um, all over the place, a lot of interests and curious. It's beautiful to be curious in life, though, eh? I love being curious. I feel like being curious is the only way you should live life. Question things. Definitely. Ask things. Um Definitely. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, um, Eve? I'm Eve. I'm uh, a member of Parliament. Um, I just turned 20. I'd like to start off by apologizing if I'm a bit slow today because law exams are the last <laughs> to lift. So if yeah. at some point I start quoting Carrara, just throw <laughs> something at me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm a member of Parliament. Um, I've been involved in activism for as long as I could remember. I went to my first protest on ODZ land when I was 12. <laughs> I've always been extremely, extremely, extremely passionate about these things. And I always wanted to make a difference. I was always someone that read the news, followed even when I was younger. I remember in 
Olivia Maltese poems about the environment and just write essays as if I'm writing a manifesto. <laughs> Amazing. It was um, always in you. Definitely, definitely. It's part of me. And I don't think it's ever going to leave. Which is a good thing. And definitely. So I just I, I got involved in activism at a really young age, especially things to do with human rights, with the environment, uh, with uh, justice and uh, especially after Daphne Caruana Galizia was assassinated, I really, really felt a need for a lot of us to speak up. Yeah. I, I couldn't accept that in a European democracy. It's our duty eh, to do so at exactly. the end of the day. Exactly. I couldn't accept that in this day and age in a European doc- democracy, a journalist could get killed. And when I was like 14, I'd written a poem about it. And I kept getting involved from there with some NGOs until I... Uh, took part in a course um, that was organized by the Nationalist Party for Young People. I was in the President's uh, Youth Council um, back when Mary Louise Colero Preca was president. And I really treasure that experience till today. I feel like it's really important to surround yourself with people who inspire you. And I always looked up to so many people and I always wanted to be involved to try and make a difference. And last year at 18, I decided to contest the general election. And now I find myself in Parliament, in the law course, and trying to do everything that's at once. <laughs> While also still at university. Like, Wait. that's <laughs> No pressure. No pressure at all. Crazy. Thank you. <laughs> and Fran? So, I'm Fran. I'm 22. And uh, classic introduction, I kind of work in marketing and gaming. But the biggest way to describe myself would be Obviously, first of all, an animal activist, and not only an animal activist, but I'm actually involved in rescue cases and rehabilitation cases um, and everything with two NGOs, so RAR, Real Animal Rights Foundation, and CLAWS, which is a very long name. And I'm super, super grateful for them. They have taught me everything. They're my backbone. They're amazing women. It's run by women, except there's Joe at um, at Claus, who's amazing as well. And uh, I was I got into this love for animals from a very young age. So my mom always kind of showed me that animals are how, what show you love, and animals don't answer you back. She used to tell me so. You can, and they're the ones who kind of are happy when you get home. So I kind of grew up with that mentality as well and it's true literally I have my four cats when I get home and they're the ones that run to the door not my mom <laughs> she's oh, great geez. she's great um sending you love mom yeah oh yeah <laughs> don't be offended <laughs> please <laughs> and also I live with a genetic condition called cystic fibrosis so basically uh, my mom and my dad both have this um gene mutation which is super rare and even rarer the gene type of the cf mutation so i'm part of the five percent who currently don't have any um treatment for it so we can just kind of have day-to-day treatment um 95 of um, cf patients have modulator therapy um going on at the moment and they're have it have it accessible to them mm-hmm. obviously if it's available. What's modulated therapy? So it's literally a pill and it's, I don't even know what it does. It's so scientific. It kind of heals your lungs and it allows the mucus. So essentially what CF is, is my body has um, very high salt levels. So the mucus becomes very thick. It gets stuck in my lungs and in turn, my pancreas doesn't work. My liver has cirrhosis, stage four cirrhosis. Yeah. Um, Obviously, breathing is uh, not fun sometimes, and um, I spend up to seven hours a night coughing most days. Okay, so <laughs> while, we... while we're already here, <laughs> let me just let me just go straight into it. So, do you feel like you find support when it comes to cystic fibrosis? Um, support on a family and friends level, immense. Um, a bit too much sometimes because sometimes I want it to not exist, you know, and get on with but it. Reminded, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which they do a great job at it. Like, um, but on a more like medical level. Um, so in Malta, we're only around twelve of us who have CF, so it's very hard, oh, it's and we can't rare. even meet each other because yeah. we can't cross infect each other. So 
it's it's very hard to get that oh, I relate to you I love me too mm. me too because how much am I gonna like say texting somebody with CF to tell their lie stayed up all night coughing like yeah. I just don't get anything out of it and neither would they and also comparing situations is very toxic yeah. to us to me and to the receiving person yeah. um when it comes to doctors I mean it's still very new to Malta um so it's growing it's growing um I have a great consultant who is amazing Dr Eleanor Gerada she is very relatable down to earth she's a mother as well so that obviously helps that empathy level that sometimes I need you know when there's a case of okay bad news is coming but she says it in a way like it's okay like exactly. it's life guys at the end of the day you're human and a certain exactly. level of sensitivity is needed when exactly. dealing with these things and when it comes to like bad news with your health and you're actually getting quite like a, a boatload of like a big amount of bad news you know you just burst out crying naturally and obviously and then it upsets my mom my dad my friends are not happy about it you know and it's frustrating as well but but I do get support yes I mean like obviously I seek support from my close people Mm -hmm. because then I don't want to extend Mm -hmm. because I don't want to ask for support from Tom Dick and Harry just for the sake of it I'd rather keep it close-knit Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so each of you have used your platforms and the voice that you have to speak about the issues that you care most about basically you have animal rights activism environment health and so on um uh, i want to go back to you a bit so you're a brilliant animal activist who <laughs> you're also at the forefront of organizing thrifting events yes indeed indeed yes to raise funds for strays normally um, animal shelters animal shelters registered ngos yes and um i just want to hear like what is the passion that drives you like and where does this passion comes from so uh, i can't take full credit for this it's me and my friend fran as well who organized them um we kind of started it saying Listen, Fran, I have Sheba clothes. Um, let's just like put them on Instagram. Let's create a page, Instagram, a thrifting page. Because Depop is not a platform that really works. And what I'm sure you've all experienced, the like, yeah. literally, <laughs> like, the end of Depop. Yeah. Um, so, and at that time, my house was being dropped down. So I said, you know what? It's empty at the moment. It's literally shell. Let's just do something here and like make it bigger, get some clothes from friends and whatever. And next thing we know, it's this huge freaking event. <laughs> People are lining up outside and it's crazy. Because it was needed. Eh? Because like, it was needed and people... Exactly. Like you tapped into that and then people were like, ah, yes, this is what I exactly. want. On top of that, it's for a good cause. Exactly. I, I was going to get to that. So That's what makes it all like, exactly. so much better. Yes, and me and Fran kind of when we were organizing it, we kind of came to the realization, like, you know what, 50 euro for me is, um, as in, it would be very nice, you know, I'd go and spend it probably, but you, I know who needs it more. And it's the animals in Malta, the shelters, the costs are incredibly high, crazy yeah. high, and let's just do it. Yeah. And that same thrift, we ended up raising around 3,700. Wow. Incredible. And that is with a large percentage of people's clothes donation going back to them. That's so, and we were like, just imagine if it was fully 100% all donation. And then we ended up with our sixth thrift event last October, I think it was. Uh, or the yes. one at the university. Yes, exactly. Yeah, KSU Common Room. And uh, we ended up um, gathering 5,100. In total, from six events, we made over 21,000, all for animal shelters. That's amazing. And yeah. we managed to meet the people behind them we managed to see the emotions that just for us was a really fun weekend doing it we're helping them and like they're telling us for example rmj monthly expenses is over 30k like that is insane like come on so we actually felt useful you know but uh, i think it's one of the uh, super super initiative that we came up with and i'll yeah me and fran will take full like not credit, like we're going to pat ourselves on the back because we did a good damn job yes, with it. Yes, you did. <laughs> Thank you. And you deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> I can mention the work that goes into it. Oh my God. Exactly. And it's also quite refreshing like to see young people um, going into animal activism. Yes. Like in Malta, like we're yes. kind of used to more Adelia. 
And yes. in fact, here I want to come to you. Um, so still on the topic of animal rights, basically. Yep. So you had quite a hot social media moment yeah. um, when you spoke out, uh, calling out a local circus for abusing a duck right in front of your eyes. I want to hear a bit, like, what drove you to speak out at that very moment? And similarly, where, where does that passion come from for you? So, and if you want to go, go recount story, it a bit again, story. maybe for some people so that aren't... Okay, so for who, who doesn't know, I went through, I went to a circus and basically first it was a show with a very hot girl on a pole wearing leather and lace and I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> and then, then I just see... Allegedly, no animals are meant to be involved. Exactly, it was marked as no animals, so that's why my ex at the time took me there. So, uh, yeah, we go in and after that act, there is a chef and he's spinning an oven with smoke machine um, inside it and spinning it around, hitting it, whatever. And then he opens the oven, he grabs a, a duck, he throws a live it, duck. a live duck, he throws it into the crowd. It falls, it didn't flap its wings, so he grabs it again and he throws it again and hit, hits a metal strand. Oh, no. He grabs it, he puts it back in the oven, shuts it off in the smoke machine and it's done. Then I stayed trying to see if like there's more animals so I can get proof because I didn't record this. So I'm like, fuck. Like, why wasn't I filming? Yeah. And um, but who would have thought? Who would have thought? Like, there was it's illegal to have animals. So I'm like, why? Why would I be filming? And then when I saw that, I was like in complete shock. Like I was like shocked. I'm like, there's kids. Why there are kids? Everyone like everyone is. No one laughed. It wasn't funny. What, what was it? Like, what? why did you just... Yeah, like, what was for? the point? Eh? What was the point? Like, you could have used a prop. You could have thrown a prop. You could have made something much funnier than... Even the act of throwing hating. is stupid and funny. Exactly. Yeah. Children, exactly. It sends a really negative message so, as well. Exactly. So I was pissed off because everyone, like young kids, especially kids at that young age, they're absorbing information. So if those kids see... Oh, because I was young and I saw someone throw a duck and hurt a duck. So I guess that's fine to do it. And he's older than me, so it's Yeah, so it's older than me. So these are what the elders are doing. So that's what I will do. And it really bothered me because it was so so uncalled for. It was so uncalled for. And then I went to um, search for the organizer, long story short. He tried to kind of like belittle me and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I take your opinion and I'll um, I'll forward it. Then he... um, he tried to like take the piss out of me. He's like, do you want the phone to call the police? And I said, yes, actually, I'll, I, I want to. And I went to reach for the phone and then he like pulls it back. <laughs> and I was being a bit like, you know, I wasn't being all nice about it. I was like, this is illegal. Like, where's the duck? I want to see the duck. Yeah. And he's like, you, you have no right to see the duck. I'm like, okay, I don't have the right to see the duck, but I'm in welfare do. Then after like the police didn't want to, like they were taking the piss at me as well. They're like, I'm not sending the police to the, to the circus. And um, they, they came, um, long story short, and they took the duck away. Then I went public about it. Yeah. Um, and a lot I of remember people, this. Like yeah. your post had gotten a massive reaction. Yes, I think it's my most liked photo <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> which I am super grateful about. It was me writing about the whole situation. Be proud about that. Yes, and it's pinned. I'm like, this is what I stand for. So this is what Thank you're going you. to see when you like see my page. Um, and then, long story short, I said a joke on my Instagram story. I was dog sitting, and I tell the dog after I, since I went public about it, I felt the need to kind of keep the public engaged about what's happening. So after I finish a story like, this is where we're at, they gave the dog back, blah, blah, blah. I look at the dog and I um, tell uh, I tell the dog, do you want to go burn down the circus? <laughs> I look to the phone and I say, "As a for legal purposes, that's a joke. And I finish off the video by saying, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I am swimming in December with my dog having a beautiful day. I get a call from the police and they're like, can you come to the station? And I'm like, as why? A... I'm like, What's up? Tell me. They're like, no, 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 da, da. I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'll leave where I am and I'll just come. I go. The police officer snaps his fingers. He's like, coffee. I'm like, this is going to be the death of me. Like, I, I read, I am already feeling like what's coming. And I thought they're going to give me like updates about the duck and what's going on. And I thought, as if they care about the duck. Yeah. <laughs> I sit down. I sit down, and the the officer looks at me. He's like, you're being threatened to burn down property. <laughs> And I'm like, you're fucking joking. No, because right? like, th- this is an actual issue. Our hate speech laws are ridiculous. 
they are literally a joke to freedom of speech. The fact that we have comedians. I mean, your situation, I feel like it falls under this as well. But the fact that we have comedians. I mean, she was joking when she said that, no. obviously. And it's a joke. It's obviously. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This is what happens when we have extreme laws and no one stands up. And this is why it's so important to be engaged in our political process. Because we have so, literally comedians being sent to court and being threatened yeah. to sen- be sent to prison like yeah. over is, a joke yeah and then a rapist like sorry then yeah, a rapist yeah. no, can there are literally free, like and then me i'm running around but <sighs> these types of cases are unfortunately the types of cases that seem to be picked up on but yeah the court delays like exactly it's already delayed by a year now of it's like when i when i have my first hearing it will be a year after the case and I'm also being sued for like misuse of social media and the case and the oh, wow. and the uh, fine goes from like 5k up to 25k what? if oh, I wow. lose this. And that's the same law that the comedians are being um, like the recent one of, of Matt Bonanno, for example. Of the priest. Yeah, as that, as that pastor. So imagine how fucked the world has to be that I'm taking, I'm, this is actually a serious court case over an Instagram story. Like, and at the end of the day, my intention was to just take care of the dog, even though the dog is probably dead by now or whatever. Oh, many half, many But from such a good intention, um, it's it like backfired. So yeah. then obviously people won't want to speak up about certain yeah. shit. And I'm trying to speak up. So I show other people, you know, like you have a voice of power in your voice, speak up and say what you think. But then if I'm saying, like, I'm actually taken to court, how many people are going to say their opinion then? Exactly. Because they I, get I feel the same thing so often as well. So really bad. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. So, Eve, you have also experienced something similar um, in terms of the court. Um, you had a death threats case, right? Multiple. So basically, I, I personally recall you entering the political scene in Malta as an activist. Um, I think the time when you really stood out was during the Daphne Caruana Galizia protests. And I, you were just 16 at the time, right? Yes, 16. So uh, I was I was in sixth form and we had just had the sixth form student council elections. Wow. <laughs> And starting off on a really high note, I I asked you if went we could straight into it. I I asked if we could endorse the pro- uh, protests, and after that, I I tried organizing students uh, to go down to those protests because I felt that was something that was really missing and something that was really needed. Young people to be involved in these sort of movements and these sort of issues because and to be day, educated on exactly because at the end of the day we're going to inherit this country. Yeah, and to feel safe to speak out as well. Exactly. And after all these efforts to include young people, I was uh, invited to address a protest. It was in December 2019. I was 16. Yeah. And I wasn't planning. I mean, I got to know that I was going to speak the day before. I, I had wasn't planning to do anything out of this world. But I just remember going up on stage, the, the protest stage, and just being really, really emotional. But emotional in the sense that Part of me was massively angry about the situation, but part of me was really, really proud. Proud of all the people I saw that decided to stand up. When I stood up and I saw that crowd of 20,000 people, the thought wasn't, oh my God, I'm scared. The thought was, Let's something's do this. different here. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's momentum here. There, there, there's a chance to actually have an impact because it had already been going on for years. Beautiful. And anyway, I was particularly passionate <laughs> in the way I spoke. Um, I, I condemned the corruption of the government, the fact that uh, they were directly linked to the murder of Daphne Caruana Galizia and that everyone should have a right to stand up, to speak up, and all this. And the next day, um, I had posted the, the video of the speech mm-hmm. on Facebook, and all of a sudden my phone didn't stop buzzing. And I was met with uh, 3,000 comments. Um, There were quite a few hate speech comments. I mean, people making fun of my my appearance, the way I looked, what I was saying and all that. But those weren't the ones that I took particular issue with because I was already sort of used to it. And those weren't the ones I reported. The ones I reported were flat out death threats. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like Ankat Konfil Abar in Koplentik. And Nirahli Tispichapala. Wow. And things which were. This is in public from their public Facebook yeah. page. Yes, yeah. literally, literally. My, my God. And 
especially when you see certain people like parents and it's and this is who they're raising they they are raising kids who are essentially going to be okay with their parents saying these things to people yeah. and it has yeah. happened again uh when i was involved with some uh, protests it was in 2020 when the government was holding uh, immigrants on captain morgan boats for mm-hmm. over a month and there was a particular <coughs> comment because we were a group of young people uh, protesting this um if i could i'd hit all the boys with a baseball bat and i'd leave the girls uh, with the with the immigrants to get gang raped and what? this was this was a comment yes yes mm-hmm. they um, public they publicly said that they want girls to get gang raped and i noticed this so much especially with women in public life i mean i'm not saying that men don't get the same comments they do yeah but when a woman is told, I wish you were raped or treated with rape, it's on another level. Yeah, yeah. especially when we're not taken yeah. seriously about it. And I ended up having uh, I took the particular death threat comments. Which I want to make it very clear. I mean, my entire fight is for freedom of speech. I'm not going to take hate speech comments. Yeah. But when it's That is also threat, something you need to be okay with when you are publicly speaking exactly, the hate exactly. comments yeah. on the yep. stupidest yep. thing I mean, i've been active in politics and activism like since i was 12 and so you were since i was like 14 so I, I was i was used to all this and i ended up having some of these cases obviously at the beginning it was a shock i think my parents were more scared than i was <laughs> i mean sure, at, especially at such a young age as well exactly. when you're trying to do the right thing exactly but i was really lucky that i had a really good support system but till today i take certain precautions i mean i don't go out alone i'm all if i'm alone i'm gonna make sure it's in a public space till this day i don't catch the bus because oh wow i like till today i i catch taxis i mean i after all this i had like Someone a professional had given me a security protocol, which I fo- which I follow to today. So you do feel like, to a certain regard, that your safety is affected. To an extent, yes. I I just try to be mindful. I try yeah. to be mindful of these situations. I'm not going to tell you that I'm living in constant fear, but yeah, I do have to take these precautions because once I was out with my friends and some people started picking on me and it was quite scary and. You do find yourself in this, these situations, but honestly, I just try to stay calm. Exactly. I know that this is all happening because I decided to stand up and I'm not going to stop because this is happening. Because just like you said, um, you, you'd be worried because you'd speak out and then people would see that you're having all this hassle with the courts and with the police and maybe they'd be afraid. I, I, I see that as my responsibility too. I wouldn't want... Uh, someone to look at my experience and go through some sort of a chilling effect where they are afraid to speak out. That's the yeah. opposite of what we want to happen. Exactly. So, like, I always try to send a message. Don't worry. Fight on. Mm-hmm. And we will fight with you. I want to ask as well. Um, how does it feel to actually get elected into parliament at 18 years of age and also being a female? Like, we we know that Malta, like, the political scene is quite male-dominated. Most careers tend to be male-dominated. So for a female, sometimes it can get quite intimidating just because, um, speaking from my own personal experience now, um, there are moments where I felt, for example, patronized, and I would know that it's directly linked to my gender and my age because my male colleagues would not get the same treatment. So how was your experience? I feel like... Uh, the issue with maybe certain misogynistic attitudes. I mean, I feel like it's unfortunately normal in our Mediterranean culture. Yeah. I, I, I tend to take my approach on kind of a case-by-case basis because on one hand, I cannot walk into a room because I'm always used to being the youngest person at the table. Yeah. It's it's the reality of my situation. I How does that, that feel? There's two elements of it. It's extremely inspiring because... If there's one thing I love to do is sometimes I take a, a step back mm-hmm. and I really try to absorb information from all these people who are brilliant and yeah. so experienced. Because at the end of the day, most of the people in parliament are people who really excelled in their professional life. It's where you have some top lawyers, top doctors, teachers, lecturers, brilliant, brilliant minds. So I am super, super privileged to be surrounded by them. So with that in mind, I cannot expect to walk into a room as the youngest person and obviously the most exper- inexperienced person and expect to be treated uh, in the same way that my colleagues who have been in parliament for decades, who have had all this experience for ages. But at the same time, I try to learn from them, but then I won't accept my age and gender being a 
reason to put me down. Yeah, like used against you. That I won't accept. Yeah. I'm not going to expect to be treated as someone who has 10 times my experience, knowledge, know-how, and all that. But at the same time, I draw a line when uh, I've been in situations where if I'd been a high, up, uh, high level meeting and I'd flag something that's concerning me and I'm told, you're overreacting, you're being emotional. Mm, typical. At that po- point, <laughs> you feel like the form. But you just try to take it situation by situation. I mean, you said, how does it feel to be when you were first elected? I mean, it was the entire campaign was a whirlwind because my campaign was only 40 days long because I was only allowed to contest a month before the election. Wow. There was an entire situation because certain people didn't mm-hmm. want me to contest. And it was all very abrupt. Because I had asked to contest six months before and there were certain people that were against it. And even after the election, certain people which were high ups in the party had told me, even if I did everything in my power for you not to contest, you still made it. So you, you found like... Like from your own party. I mean, I feel like it's a normal thing, thing in politics and it's never going to be a fairy tale. You always have to fight and fight hard for what you want and for what you believe in. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I really believe that the approach you should take, you should never be bitter about it. Yeah. You cannot allow yourself to be bitter against a person or a situation because the moment you become bitter is the moment you become extremely toxic. Yeah, definitely. Extremely toxic. So what I like to do, I like to recognize that the fact that I am in parliament is a platform that's lent to me mm-hmm. by the people. They could take it away anytime they want. Mm-hmm. But those people who did put their trust in an 18-year-old girl on a 500 euro budget for a campaign in 40 days, I try to fight every day to represent them. And at the end of the day, for people who were against it or thought otherwise or just naysayers, I try to enjoy proving them wrong. Not in a cocky way, just take it as motivation. Amazing. Amazing. So my next question was basically going to be about the hostility that you might have opened yourself up to, but I feel like you've already answered that. (laughs) So I want to go to you. So you're very open on social media. And I think that people don't actually realize how much of a challenge like how much balls it actually takes to be open on social media like the topics that i've seen you speak about i'm like this girl literally does not stop in the, in the best way possible like you see something it bugs you or your own personal experience you talk about them and do you like often deal with hateful comments like does it open you up to hostility so uh, yes but recently it's it's weird because I used to get hate mostly when I was um, in Clubhouse in 18. I was 18 in a content house and that's where hate used to affect me. But I feel like because of how open I am and how, not controversial, but outspoken I am, people won't, I, I feel like, how do I explain this? I feel like people know that their hate comments now will not affect me. So why say it? Mm-hmm. And I know that hate is being said. I just know that hate will never be said to my face because mm-hmm. it might will it might be said to my face. I wait for that day, honestly. But because they see that I'm outspoken, that I call people out. I had people, for example, when I was in Clubhouse asking me for advice about how to get into photography or I want to be a model, blah, blah, blah. Two years later, the same girl would be posting like photos of me on her Facebook, making fun of me, blah, blah, blah. Oh, After uh, came asking for my advice, literally. she came two years later. She asked me for advice again um, on my story. I replied to her. I gave her my advice. And I'm like, also, oh, do you remember when you like made fun of me two years this, ago? I posted about it. Yeah, I'm like, you remember like when you asked me I for advice? Like, so I still give you my well. advice. <laughs> but so you made fun of me. And now you're you're back. Like, I don't I don't forget people that hated on me even before I was this, because internally I was still myself. Yeah. I'm more outspoken now and I don't <laughs> give a shit more because of all the hate I used to get. So and I'm like, well, I I had videos done of me. Um, it morphed you in that way so in a good way exactly so thank you for everyone that gave me shit because now if I didn't get that shit I wouldn't be so like carefree about it it. as motivation exactly literally the attitude you want to see amazing amazing and um, Fran have you ever experienced anything of the sort when dealing with um, I don't know who you deal with with Um, animals uh, not with animals 
Well, but animals, I mean, obviously. Like with the type of entities that you need to deal with and so, mm. or maybe uh, any comments, any negativity. I, I've been, uh, I've seen the negativity. So coming to, for example, claws or coming to Roar telling us like, why aren't you just giving us a cat? And we're like, hello, we need to know where you're coming from and we need to ask you certain questions. And they're very rude and blah, blah, blah. Or there are a lot of different ways of negativity. Or for example, um, with the, I was at a pet shop once and I was buying mother and baby food, uh, which is something you feed uh, kittens at a young age because it's full of nutrients, right? Mm-hmm. And this old man came up to me, he's like, oh, I should the the multicolored one. I'm like, Yasra, no, we have this available to us now, you know, obviously. It's it's a much better version. I'm like, bravo, okay, but you're telling me <laughs> now that, for example, look, Panadols have been created to cure your headache, you're not going to take a Panadol, you're going to go, I don't know, sip what they used to like have in the medicine bottles then, like, yeah. like we're... We're so lucky to have these new formed cat food, cat medicine and everything. You're going to tell me it's a waste of money. Like, I'm paying for this. Like, I fundraise for a reason, kind of. I don't need your comments. But actually, (coughs) coming to the CF point of negativity. um, So, a bit of a backstory. My mom has um, organized fundraising events for CF since I was around six, no, younger, I think. Six years old, I think, something like that. So, and I always used to tell her, like, don't tell anyone I have it, ma. Don't tell anyone. I don't even want to be at the event, ma. And she's like, oh, we are all right, we're not lying. And then she's like, I'm like, no, please. And uh, whatever, she's incredible. She's raised over a million euro wow. for CF Trust. And now she has her own NGO, CF Fundraising Malta. Amazing. Wow, incredible honestly. like that is kind of where i get it from you know what i mean the, were you like ashamed <laughs> to have it before i wasn't ashamed to have it but i've gotten the yeah, i'm like <laughs> exactly and there'd be a lot of pity so that's why i didn't ever want people to know about it because I'd be, you know, if I'm out and, or they'd, they'd literally pity me. They'd be like, your house retreat towards this star. I'm like, ah, and? Uh, like, no, honey, pe- what do you want me to do? Like, shut up. Uh, <laughs> and, um, I love how sassy she is. Literally, but they it used to piss me off. So I was like, ma, don't you dare get my face. In fact, on her CF um, NGO Facebook page, there's my face is not involved in anything. Because I told her, I do not want to be associated known as the girl with CF, Miskina, the one with this disability. Like, please, I am way more than that. But a bit fast forward to when I was 19, 20, um, I was asked by Free Hour to exactly. talk about CF. And That's I where said, I found out about it. Exactly. And I said, all right. And uh, Zach, the founder of Free Hour, is a very, very good friend of mine. And I said, you know what? I know he's not doing this to kind of just get, you know, something beneficial or good content for free hour. Mm-hmm. He's actually doing it for awareness because Zach, yeah. I've known him for years and he's seen me go through hospital admissions and he's out with me. I'm taking my pills in front of him. I'm coughing in front of him. He knows what the behind the scenes is. So I knew it was from a, hey, a friend, let's make awareness, let's create awareness. So I'm like, all right, I'll suck it up and I'll, I'll do an interview about it. And we we spoke a little bit about CF and how it like affects me and everything. And then I went on this rampage, God bless me, about smoking in clubs. I know, I remember that. And oh my God, <laughs> the things people told me. <laughs> and now it makes me feel bad because I smoke in clubs, but I never thought like... But it's a Maltese mentality. You can't feel bad because nobody yeah. educates anyone on this shit. Yeah, so and the bouncers are smoking with you, huh? Exactly. And so are <laughs> the organizers. Ah, that's the thing. That's the problem. So break break it down for so, us. Like, why is it so bad for you that that you are smoking <coughs> in clubs? So my airways are already congested with mucus, with thick mucus. 
So air naturally is already a bit, you know, tough to take in. So let alone fumed, fumigated, mm. no, fumed cigarette air, nicotine. It just literally suffocates suffoc- you. Literally suffocates me. So imagine when I was younger, all right, when I was 15, going to Parchville, Footloose, I could take it. But CF is a progressive disease. So I used to go out, spend 10 minutes in, uh, what's that freaking bar called? Hugo's, I don't know. Terrace? No, no, no. It's Club H now or something. I don't know. And I used to literally That's really my area of expertise. <laughs> good, <laughs> good, yeah, sweet. Like good. four years ago when I went last. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I used to be like, guys, guys, <laughs> dying, dying, like coughing. People obviously looking at me and I'm like, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. People and I'm just like, nah, this is this ain't for me. Like, um, And I went a bit, kind of, a step further with that smoking in clubs, and I made a whole paragraph, because I want the authorities to step the fuck in and do their role properly. It can't be that I'm in a club when I was younger, and I'm seeing the bloody bouncers give out cigarettes, Mm. and the police come doing their rounds, smoking inside. Like, what the hell are you doing, brother? Anyway, and I made a whole paragraph saying, This is so bad. This is not the case in England. I lived in Leeds for five months. They have smoking areas. And honestly, the smoking area is where the most fun is because you take a break from the music and boom, you go outside, you chill a bit. And then you go to the music again. So for me, it was a beautiful experience because I could actually breathe. Yeah, you had your space. Exactly. And people are very respectful of it. Also, nobody wants to get fined because in England, they're strict. I did get fined once. Wasn't smoking. fun. Yes, but now I feel like I deserved it. You, you, you know? do fucking deserve it. I did it, deserve it. I deserve, deserve it. Eureka moment. Eureka moment. And I was like, if you, if um, somebody wants me to show me, me to show them the photos of me coughing up blood the next morning, by all means, sweet. I'll send it by post. I'll, I'll send. I'll send my sputum sample by post to you of my blood. All right, if you want. And then people telling me, you shouldn't be going in clubs in the first place. You're dumb. And I'm like, like, I'll be. It's illegal. What do you want me to do? And you have a life to live. And I also have a life to live. Yeah. And they're telling me, um, well, you're not doing your research properly. Um, Well, what are you even doing in clubs? And this hate coming on this three-hour post. I'm like, are I in? (laughs) What the fuck did I get myself into? And then... um, there were many, many rude comments. And Even it's hard to see it, eh? When you're not used to it, especially. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. it's hard to deal yeah. with. Exactly. And I'm just like, I am I used to be a huge people pleaser. But and then I'm just like, I used to answer. I was answering them. And I'm like, what the fuck are you trying to say here? Please, like, <laughs> honestly, why are you telling me I shouldn't be going to clubs? Like, you should be smoking in them. It is against the law. Yeah. A party. And then Side Street got on this thing of my... And a Facebook post and everything, and then more hate, more hate, negative comments are coming in from that. And then I'm just like, all right, maybe, maybe I couldn't care less about this, to be yeah, honest. The end. It's similar to, to what you guys spoke about before. Like, you try to do a good thing, you try to then speak out, and it backfires in your face. But, but to be honest, I couldn't care worth less. Worth it. Exactly. Like, but, it's, but the thing is, I was outside Aria once, Halloween 2020 like a bit after the three hour thing. And someone, we were waiting in line outside and someone was smoking. And the girl went up to him, no, no, don't smoke near her, don't smoke near her. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn right, don't Lazy. smoke near me, man. So <laughs> you're sick out, <laughs> So that eases us straight into the next part. So you're all women of influence in your own ways. And I want to, ask all of you what positive impact have you had or experienced or seen as a result of the things you have said however large or small so kick us off again positive impact (laughs) (laughs) i would like to believe that apart from creating awareness on cf and what it is i i think that it kind of i don't know it kind of i would like to believe that if you are suffering from XYZ, that you feel comfortable enough 
to come and speak to me that I'm your safe space and if you want to open up with me, I don't expect me to influence, uh, to, um, what's the word, inspire you to go out in public about what, even though you did amazing, you are a true statua in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you cut the words are coming to my mouth. <laughs> but I want that people are like, okay, she understands I'm going through something similar. I'm going through a health problem. I'm going through, I'm, I want to help in voluntary activism that they can come to me and I'm going to be a safe space for them. That I'm not one of those gelidine, even though I wish everyone was I like could that. be a big gelida. But that's the balance. <laughs> but that's that. the balance, yeah. you know, balance is healthy and everything. So I'd like to think that people are just like, they come up to me and they they want to speak to me because they know I my heart is actually good and I have very good intentions and I want to make Malta as healthy as possible in the way that it's even in the most simple ways of how people deal with finding a kitten on the road I've or don't I've had people messaging me and the kitten I'm like oh, you're gonna do what like at least I'm like at least they messaged me at least they know yeah. because I'm active exactly. and I care exactly. at least they're messaging me and they're not actually gonna throw this kitten away anyway I obviously saved this kitten so that's how I like to think I've had a positive impact beautiful and Sara what's the reason why you continue to speak out like why is it important and what good does 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 it come of it from so, you for you? I feel like through being very <laughs> open and uh, showing people that I have different perspectives, and I know that certain opinions many people don't agree with me on, and that I might trigger people. But then I feel like my purpose might be to trigger people. So we go internal and see why did I trigger you with what I said? Is there something you should reflect on? Is is this a deep rooted insecurity that I said something and it triggered you? So as much as I might come across as a bitch to many people, I might be helping them when they don't even know. And I don't even want the credit. But then when I have girls come up to me, hey, I wrote this. I never showed it to anyone, but I thought you would agree with it. Hey, you said something and it stayed in my head last week as I'm going through a breakup. Hey, um, you said something and it, I really reflected on it and I started to write more like you do. I, I'm like, I might not... I don't even want the credit for anyone else's um, improvement in themselves because whatever people see in me, they have in themselves. Mm -hmm. So if you like that I'm outspoken, if you like that I um, try and embrace my confidence as much, that means you have confidence and you should embrace it the same way. So I really, and these past, I say six months, I've always loved women, but I felt I... I used to say I'm a tomboy and I get along with guys and uh, I don't I don't have a lot of girlfriends and now I feel like I'm dif I'm completely different I'm like I love women I want to be surrounded by women I want to empower women I want um women to feel confident and I don't want um any girl to be intimidated by any other girl so um, I resonate with that so much like why would you be intimidated when you can be inspired yeah. Like and why? come together as one. Exactly. <laughs> and when women come together, and I am so, so, so grateful that my platform is 60% women and I'm I'm hoping to keep on growing it more because I want to be a girl's guy. I want to be someone you come up to. Um, if you, I had messages of like, hey, I went through this breakup. What do you think? I'm like, I don't even know you, but this is what I think. Coming from an outside perspective, someone that doesn't know the backstory, someone that can't be biased, whatever, this is what I think you should do. And... I really want it, I want to grow my page to be somewhere where I know she won't judge me. Mm -hmm. Even if you did something fucked up. Yeah. Okay. A girl once told me she cheated on her boyfriend. You're a bit shitty for doing that. But hey, at least you're opening up to it and you're not in denial. Because yeah. what's worse than uh, someone that cheats, someone that cheats and lies about it. Mm -hmm. And true. tries to manipulate mm -hmm. you into thinking that you're crazy about it. Mm -hmm. So own own your mistakes and grow from them but don't for example something else i want to say is if you did something bad own it don't keep shame or guilt or something for example i when my dad passed away i used to get into fights in school and i used to be aggressive is it something i'm proud of no did she had it coming yes will i do it again no but will i ever say that i never was violent no 
I will say yes, yeah. I was violent. Because you're real and you're authentic. And yeah, you're, like I have, yeah. I have no shame in things that I did because every single step that I did in my life led me to me being who I am now and me being genuinely true to myself is what is going to inspire other people to be true to themselves and not run away from themselves Bravo. or run away from your shadow. Bravo. Thank you. Bravo. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm actually holding back tears. Have I become Trudy? Have I, become <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was yeah, trying so. to hold back tears as well because recently I opened up about... So my dad passed away when I was young, um, 13. He had um, heart failure, so his organs started to fail slowly, slowly. And I never spoke about it till today. Like none of my friends know like what happened or... No, a few of my friends know. But... This is something really meaningful to me because I posted something about, so it was Father's Day a few days ago. Yeah. And I posted about, hey, if anyone is going, like, if you lost a parent, blah, 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 this is my story. This is kind of, I didn't even say my story. I just said, like, a bit of an opinion because I'm still trying to ease into it because I want to speak about it more to detail because death and grief is a really big emotion that kind of takes control over you. Mm-hmm. And I posted it and I had many people relating and one girl, she told me, I just lost my mom. Um, at a motorcycle accident last week oh and God. I am in denial and I said something about being in denial and she's like this made me feel not crazy and this made me feel like this is normal and she made she said you made me feel so much better and this was just a week so this is very recent like so to I offer have imagined, support to a yeah, whole like a, stranger like. like I have no idea who you are yeah but I get you and I told her don't hold on to guilt don't hold on to any regrets anything that wasn't said shouldn't have been said like it it's fate it's fate like that's had to happen I'm sorry you're going through this but my DMs are open and then I had another person because I said also oh, if you don't want to speak about it don't fucking speak about it no one should pressure you into speaking about your trauma it might do more harm and that goes into another topic I was forced in school to speak about it to counselors and the girl replied to me she's like that was so unprofessional like forcing someone to speak about their trauma is going to do more harm than good. Yeah, if they're not ready to to, yeah. to speak about it, they're just not ready. Eh? Exactly. They literally get a, that moment and they're like, okay, okay I can speak you know, about Yeah, it I now. can speak about it. And why would I even want to open up if I'm going to cry about With it? With a That's stranger, said. essentially. Yeah, exactly. And then there was a girl, she said, I don't relate to losing a parent, but I did lose my brother and I never spoke about it. But then she told me the story and I'm like... I am so glad. And you know how many times I rewatched that story and I'm like, oh my God, is this too personal? Do people think I'm going to come off as Meskina? Because I had this thing where in school I was the girl that lost her dad and it kind of became my identity. Mm-hmm. So then I never brought it up because I didn't want, like you were saying, the pity. Like yeah. I'm not bringing this shit up mm-hmm. to pity me, man. Literally. I'm just saying that... I, I want went, to be relatable. I want to be relatable. Like I went through this experience, so therefore I'm going to deal with... And think about situations differently than someone that has both their parents alive. Because sure. it's, it goes with anything. Like any experience that you went through is going to it's going to kind of affect the way you think about other things. Mm-hmm. If you have divorced parents, if you have parents that aren't in a happy relationship, if you have dead parents, if like people lack empathy so much these days and it bothers me so much. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't take much to just empathize with someone. You don't need to relate. You don't need to just Take up, just listen. Just be Have human, a listening eh? ear. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Wow. And um, Eve, I want to ask you, like, what moment made it all worth it? Like, speaking out, being active. Um, what was your, your positive impact? I feel like more than one particular monumental moment is just a, like, collection of a lot of small ones, which I appreciate infinitely, really. <laughs> Um, I I just really want to be the person I would have needed when I was younger, which oh, I'm going to her. circle back to soon. Like, um, I feel like in my position, the things I do, I really care about their impact, whether it's like a national scandal, injustice, or a problem with e-scooters and garbage collection on a local level. And knowing you helped someone, knowing that you had a positive impact it's amazing feeling Mm -hmm. and i i in the past year alone uh, as long as i've been an mp i've had a lot of these moments but obviously i'm not going to post about every single one or or anything like that but 
you have those little moments as well where once I was at a festa and a little girl came up to me and said, I want to be like you when I'm older. Why, and I, 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 and I you said, her and then I just started crying. Oh, <laughs> oh. And once um, a mother messaged me and said, um, I'm glad my kids are growing up in a world where there are people like you that they could look up to. Wow. Um, and it's so crazy to me because I know when I was that age, I really looked up to different people. I mean, when I was 12, 13, at school, we had to choose our... St- I, I don't think I ever said this story before um, on, on in an interview or anything, but uh, we, we, we had to choose our subjects for all levels at school, right? And um, I, I ended up writing an email to Roberta Metzola, and I asked her, hi, I really admire you. If I want to be like you when I'm older, what should I study? Aww. And her team ended up getting back to me, and I met her for a coffee. And it was just such an important moment to me. And knowing that... being that said to you then... Knowing I could have the potential to affect someone in that way, it just gives you so much motivation to work harder. I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Sometimes you're so burnt out. Sometimes you don't even know to get out of bed. But knowing you could have that impact, knowing that when you work hard, it actually results in these things. And knowing that you could have affect on people that people you really admire that were role models to you had on you it's it's speechless and it leaves you speechless and also i really really try i mean to be a voice for people who might not have one to represent mm-hmm. them but at the same time try and empower them to speak up themselves as well yeah, to remind them that they do have a voice at the end exactly of the day. and that's why i try my best to mentor some other people myself i mean whether they want to contest a local council election or speak out about something i try to help in any way i can giving advice from the tiny bit that i know because at the same time i recognize i am extremely inexperienced compared to other people and i am still just starting and i have so 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 much to learn so i'm always trying to have a check and balance on myself on these things but from the bit that i can i try i try to give it my all that's amazing Okay, so Thanks. we're actually wrapping things up now because already. time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> so I have a final question for all of you. Um, what are your closing thoughts and advice on how women can be more empowered? Um, Fran? So obviously it is intimidating to speak. It is intimidating to share your story because there can be backlash, negative comments, people who straight up swear at you and wish the worst upon you. But at the end of the day, if you kind of um, zoom out a bit and see it like, okay, we are all essentially walking in the same direction. We all want to live in a better world. Yeah. Be it if uh, Bertu from I don't know where doesn't agree with me and doesn't follow my values or anything, he wants to live in a better world. So... I lost my train of thought. Can you repeat it? <laughs> okay, what, uh, like your closing thoughts and advice um, on how women can be more empowered. Okay, okay. Speak your mind. Don't be afraid and seek help. Seek advice. Seek that mentor. For example, Eve was saying that people, she can help out that little girl, for example, and whatever. And you have people messaging you, which is extremely beautiful. And, for example, I have my mom's friends, little kids who are like, can I come help at the shelter one day? And I'm like, yes, yes, please, please, of course. I I think by being your true self, mm-hmm. you are empowering yourself. Mm-hmm. And in return, you're giving off the energy to empower others. I really believe that I've recently gone through a period of this, like, self maturity and it came with me respecting your opinions Mm -hmm. and me saying you know what she has had a totally different life from me totally different upbringing a totally different wired brain of course she's gonna have a different opinion so just let it be yeah but don't be afraid to seek that okay if i want to um, I don't know, in my case, um, be a bit of more of an animal activist. Start small. There's no, you're not doing anything wrong by starting small. 
So help out at the shelter and then start sharing posts on Facebook, write up some articles, you know, like reach out to some press people. You, there are many, many <laughs> ways. <laughs> I work with so many <laughs> cat fosters. <coughs> If I had to begin naming them, I wouldn't end like... And I'd know them all. <laughs> you would definitely. And there are also, if you want to feel empowered, number one, be yourself, be your true, true authentic self. And for me, that means giving. I am a big, huge giver and I get extreme emotion from giving feeders um, an amount of food, mm -hmm. giving a cat a home. I get very, very emotional, straight up crying in front of the pet shop. I'm not joking. So find what makes you feel that emotion. Mm -hmm. And there are also many ways to give back if that's what empowers you. Mm -hmm. So for example, giving back to, in my case, an animal shelter. If you don't have the time to volunteer, that's very okay. You have the time to share Facebook post. You're giving back. You're empowering yourself and you're helping out an NGO. You, there are monetary donations. You can help with um, uh, admin stuff. There are so many ways to help out to make you feel empowered, mm -hmm. which is, in my case, literally just helping and giving. That's what that makes me feel empowered. So there are... M if What I want to kind of say is... Just by helping out, there are many like levels of doing it and yeah. they're all needed, necessary to reach that common goal. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what would you like your lasting legacy to be and what, what do you want to tell women out there so that they are more empowered? On a personal level, I guess I would just want to look back and know that I've done everything I could, mm -hmm. that I've helped as much as I could and that I've left an impact that's might have made someone or a community or whatever sl that slight bit better and in terms of my advice to other women it would be especially young women which I feel like is the vibe of this this episode is take it step by step don't feel like yeah. you have to be perfect yeah because a lot of time we hold ourselves to an impossible standard and it could be sometimes paralyzing because People hold back because they're not sure if they're going to do it right. Or, oh my God, am I going to look cringe? Every part of you, every part of your life is important to the person you're going to become. So cherish them. Uh, it's very important and beautiful to be opinionated, but make sure you're informed. Mm -hmm. And always look for the bigger picture, because not everything is always as it seems. That's definitely a big part of it. Recognize that when you're just starting out, you have to learn. Mm -hmm. But never let that be something that people could use to put you down. Never accept bullying from anyone. Whether it's someone at school, at the workplace, colleagues, superiors. Don't let anyone put you down. Go with your gut. I'm not saying don't question yourself at all. Everyone needs checks and balances. But sometimes you need to trust yourself a bit. Don't hold back. And if you need help... Don't be afraid to ask for it. Definitely. And find someone who understands more than you. Yeah. Who knows more than you. Who is more experienced than you. And try to be a sponge and absorb everything you can. And that's so humbling, eh? Literally, literally. Because I've, I, I, I try to emphasize this a lot in my role as a member of parliament. I am a representative. It's what I had said at the beginning. My platform isn't mine. My seat in parliament isn't mine. It's lent to me. Mm -hmm. I am borrowing it for these five years. If I do a good job, maybe I'd get it again. Maybe I'd continue proving people wrong, which I really enjoy doing. Not, in <laughs> a, not, in a, not even in a cocky way, but in a genuinely... Really let's do this. Way. Yeah. Let's do this. I mean, there, there was this interview. Sorry, I'm sidetracking a bit. Okay. Uh, Love and Malta had done this interview for Women's Day with Anna Jules Ferrante, who was the first uh, nationalist member, a female member of parliament. And she had said about how she, she organized a corner meeting. And she said not one soul passed by. People just went out in their balconies and verandas to make fun of her. And she really just wanted to stop and give up. And then she just met those few people that said, fight on, push on, and we'll push with you. And that was just like a super powerful thing to me. So I guess what the point I'm getting to this after all this rambling is don't give up. Believe in yourself. Yeah. 
same time, pas-pas. Mm-hmm. But once you are sure, once you know what you're doing, once you're passionate, keep on going. And the moment you stop having fun, stop and have a break. Because if you're not having fun doing what you're doing, you're not doing it right. Oh my God, that's amazing. Huh? Perfect. <laughs> I needed Thanks. to hear that as well. <laughs> Sarah, finally. Peter, so. <laughs> <laughs> What's your advice to women out there? Surround yourself with women. Um, and I need to think of it. Wait, because I, I, I got so <laughs> absorbed in your guys' done. I'm like, Lalo. yes, I agree with that so much. And now I'm kind of lost in my own tra- um, train of thought. Thank you, after you. I would tell women to, uh, first of all, this is like a like whole other podcast, probably. Don't be ashamed of your sexuality because I feel like a lot of women are um, feel shame in being sexual when we are women, we are sexual beings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so don't feel shame in expressing that either. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with women. Um, your opinion is never less valid than a guys, I hope everyone knows that because I still have friends, um, acquaintances, well, that feel like a man's opinion is superior, superior, or an older person's opinion is superior. I'm like, no, it's it's not the case. It's really not the case. So don't undermine yourself and your opinion, and stick stick to what you believe is right, but be open to different perspectives so we can have more knowledge through different perspectives. If I believe this today and I meet someone that makes me think otherwise tomorrow, I can change my beliefs. Mm-hmm. I don't need to stay with them because mm-hmm. I don't. I can expand and grow. That's really mature. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. Guys, honestly, <laughs> I think we could keep going for hours at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot thank you all enough for accepting my invitation. It's my Lord. I had a vision <laughs> for this episode and, and this was it. Like, yes. Um, yes. I'm glad. Thank you so much. Thank you all for joining. And yeah. Tomorrow, Amazing. It tomorrow, was so exactly. nice to speak with you guys. The Southern Criminal Law. Tomorrow Women Life. Empowerment. And tomorrow Women in Power. Yes, but seriously, thanks. It, it thank was you. an amazing thank experience. You. Thank you, yes. guys. Thank you. And it kind of like said uh, it made me say kind of oh this is why i do it you know because yeah. sometimes there is that burnout there's yeah. that yeah madonna do i need to answer these 50 messages that i have yeah. like and do you need this, that, just that moment to be surrounded by like-minded literally, women literally literally and yes. then you do this point down too for me fight on and fight with you and be the woman you needed yes